0: Welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hardison. Today, we are continuing our 32 for 32 series with a look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Been an up and down last, you know, half decade or so for the team. Wasn't that long ago. We had one hell of a defense to build around. Unfortunately, that has gone out the window, but the features is looking bright. We got Urban Meyer, presumably Trevor Lawrence joined the squad for once. I am, I shouldn't say for once, but ahead of 2021, I am very excited about the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have a very, very special guest on to help me to break down their 2021 honor. Season, you can find her at jaguars.com. Jacksonville Jaguars team reporter Ashlyn Sullivan. Follow her on Twitter at Ashlyn R. Sullivan. Ashlyn, happy offseason and thanks for the time.
1: Of course, thank you for having me. It's funny, everyone says happy offseason and it has felt like anything but a normal <laughs> offseason so far, but we're slowing down a little bit. But yes, like you said, uh, a reason to be optimistic, which is a great thing.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, when I first heard this urban Meyer stuff and look, I've lived in Columbus, Ohio, my entire life. So urban holds a very near and dear uh, spot in my heart, but I like brush it off. Cause I just thought every single year, you know, urban seems to throw his name out there right about the time he wants to get a Fox contract. No, the man was not bluffing. We have urban Meyer in Jacksonville to your point, very exciting time. So Ashlyn and I are going to go through three team needs, get through a quick gut feel round, and she will end things with a bold off season take as if the off season hasn't already been bold enough for the Jaguars. But without further ado, Ashland, what are your big three, team needs for the Jaguars ahead of this offseason.
1: Uh I'm not going to lie. I had a I had a hard time breaking down just three of them because like <laughs> you said, this team one in 15 last year, 15 game losing streak. And we were to the point, it was like, there was so much the Jaguars needed to do, but with, in head coach urban Meyer. What I really admire so far is that there is a very clear message of what he wants, how he wants this team running and what this roster is going to look like. And with that, he said that this team, he wants to be fast and fearless. If you want that, you're going to have to add a lot of pieces that the Jaguars don't have. So number one, I have, which is incredibly obvious to everyone, but it is glaring is fix The quarterback position with that, you have the number one overall pick. Many believe it's going to be Trevor Lawrence we haven't gotten that 100%. Yes, it's going to be him, but that's unrealistic to think you're going to get that. So, everyone outside the organization is saying, "Uh yeah, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence," but the Jaguars are definitely looking at all, ki- all kinds of options for the quarterback position, but I think we all can confidently say the quarterback of the future is not on the Jaguars roster right now. Last year it was so up and down, you were going back and forth and You know, the old saying, if you have three quarterbacks or quarterbacks, (laughs) you don't have one. So yes, that was the biggest issue. Last year was that quarterback position. Number one, got to fix that. And then uh, number two, I think you need to add more bodies to the defensive line, especially the interior defensive line. The Jaguars at times were okay with stopping the run, especially earlier on in the season. But when you saw some guys get hurt, some guys get injured and and leave that roster all of a sudden you had no one to replace them. You don't have enough depth to stop the run, especially in the AFC South. You have all kinds of great running backs. So yes, you need bodies. You need big bodies. And with that, I think they probably will go the free agency route with that and, and add some guys there for the defensive line. And then finally, like I said, with Urban Meyer's message to fast and fearless. You need speed. You have a couple wide receivers you can hang your hat on. DJ Chark, will they give him a contract extension? Will they bring back free agent Keelan Cole? But even with that, you need more, especially if you're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. You got to give him weapons to work with. Running back James Robinson was the most incredible find of all finds. But as of right now, you really only have him at running back. Do so you maybe go get another explosive back, maybe a third down back? And then the tight end position still is all over the place. We yeah. don't know what that looks like. So maybe get another tight end there and as a whole, just get more weapons for Trevor Lawrence, who whoever is number one to throw to. So I'm sorry that was long, but the Jaguars <laughs> need a lot of things.
0: No, you said it at first. I mean, trying to pick just three. I mean, when I was going through these teams, you know, I was trying to pick specific position groups, but for a lot of these, it was like, Pass catcher, uh pass defense, defense like we need help everywhere, and which makes sense. You just went one to fifteen. But yeah, I don't think we need to take too much time on Trevor Lawrence. Again, widely considered the best prospect to come out since at least Andrew Luck in 2012. I understand, you know, Justin Fields maybe has that little Ohio State connection with Urban Meyer, but come on, Urban, I think it's pretty clear he left here for uh, Trevor Lawrence. But it's interesting to me with those uh, wide receivers, because you got DJ Chark, you got LaVisca Chenault, they're fine, but I guess it's just a matter of you need more, because behind them, pretty empty, and to your point, okay, the offense, it wasn't awful last year, I think they are a little better in mm-hmm. defense, but we just need more speed on the field.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think, especially with the speed thing, you really have to chalk it up to inconsistent quarterback play. What these receivers went through, they had five different quarterback changes throughout the season. I mean, they were just trying to figure it out, but I think one thing to pay attention to is maybe free agency, maybe going and getting a guy like T Y Hilton, for example, you had, um, Chris Connelly was your veteran wide receiver presence in that locker room. And I think it's a little unsure of if he comes back. So DJ Chark, we're seeing him take steps in the right direction of, being that leader in that room and I know that sounds cliche but hey you need that in every (laughs) position group and as of right now the Jaguars wide receivers they're pretty young so I think maybe that's where you go that free agency route and bring in a guy that has that veteran presence but also can contribute in a big way I think you can kind of kill two birds with one stone there get a guy that can contribute but also lead in the wide receiver room
0: yeah. That'd be, that'd be interesting to see where T Y left. got kind of a rough start to the year, but came on strong. Mm-hmm. And obviously the quarterback situation, you know, everyone loves Phillip rivers, but I don't think he was throwing the prettiest ball of his career in the year 2020 either. I uh, want to quickly touch on the defense. And you mentioned the D line bodies and it's always kind of like a debate, you know, what matters more coverage versus pass rush and whatever you want to kind of put your foot on the Jaguars just didn't do a good enough job with any of it last year, 31st in yards per attempt allowed 30th and pressure rate. I mean, sheesh. they added CJ Henderson in the first round last year. You know, they, have mm-hmm. Made moves in defensive line, but I guess it's just a matter of you know, are you thinking like Urban Meyer will prioritize defensive line over coverage, or you know they need help with both? Why not start uh, you know at the line of scrimmage?
1: I foresee just because the more bang for your buck, I foresee maybe a defensive end or someone on the defensive line at first, but really you can make the argument for the secondary and coverage as well because really when you look at this secondary, the only really true locked in spot you have is CJ Henderson. Who's coming back from injury right now. I think you have four free agents within the secondary that you can make the argument. Do they come back? Do they not? For example, the other starting quarter cornerback Trey Herndon, I don't know if you bring them back. And if you do, do you replace that with a draft pick? So I think you need more within the secondary, but it's also, they've said, Trent bulky, the new general manager said, Hey, we're best player available. And normally in the draft, you see, defensive line is more best player available than a quarterback. So I think they might go that first, but that is not to say that they don't need to address the secondary because they absolutely do
0: a lot of holes in this roster, but you know what? They got the draft capital and they got the cap space to potentially fill them in a hurry. So that's going to take us to our gut feel round again, those big team needs from Ashton were quarterback, obviously defensive line and, and some of these speedy receivers, but truly again, we could probably go through almost every position group other than maybe linebacker credit to Miles Jack there uh, mm-hmm. as something that could use an upgrade. So getting to a gut feel around now, we're recording this on February 3rd, so things could change in a hurry. Ashlyn is not Nostradamus, <laughs> but we will get her opinion on things as they stand right now. So first up, Urban Meyer. Again, I mean, this guy helped create the spread offense. He was always involved in the play calling duties up until even his final days at Ohio State, but we've seen them. They added, you know, former Seahawks OC Brian Schottenheimer to be their pass game coordinator. Daryl Bavel is already there as the offensive coordinator. Do you still see Urban? been being involved in, you know, the weekly play calling, or is he going to take more of just a CEO kind of, you know, overseeing approach to the whole unit?
1: It's interesting. You ask because he like subtly dropped a bomb on us during his first press conference and like very casually said, he won't be calling plays anymore. And when he said that, we just all freaked out and wrote it on Twitter and wrote notes because honestly, we all expected him coming in here that he would be the play caller. But yeah, he told us in his first press conference that due to his health issues and coming into the NFL, he was very, and I admire this. He came in here kind of knowing what he didn't know. And he knows that this transition to the NFL, it's worked for some, it hasn't worked for some. So he said, I'm going to rely on the people around me who've been in the NFL before to help me with this. So I think more so you're going to see that CEO kind of commander in chief run this the way he wants it. He has a vision for how it's run, but I think he trusts the coaching staff. And this has taken a, a pretty long time to build this coaching staff. Nothing is official yet. And that's kind of unusual that we're now in February and nothing is finalized. They're still going through this coaching search. And I think there's a reason for that. He wants to make sure these coaching decisions are good and what he wants. So I think you're going to see a little bit more of a step back urban Meyer, but even with a step back urban Meyer, it's still going to be at the forefront for that guy.
0: We're gonna take a quick break to pay some bills. Have you ever wanted to give yourself better odds on winning a bet? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to do just that. All players who place a bet on Sunday night's basketball game between LA and Denver will have a hand in lowering the over-under on the game. That's right, for every 1,000 players who bet the over on Sunday night's game, the over-under will drop by one full point. Every better who hammers the over in Sunday's Denver versus Los Angeles game helps to lower the game's over-under. And if that isn't enough excitement for you, there is a huge title fight happening this weekend. At USC 258. So we need you to download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to hammer the over on Sunday night's basketball game when LA takes on Denver. Again, for every 1,000 people that bet the over in Sunday's game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting. So tell your friends and family, this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code PFF for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older. New Jersey, Indiana michigan or virginia only restrictions apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT or in virginia call 888-532-3500 PFF and Sunday Night Football's Chris Collinsworth is teaming up with one of the best players on and off the field, 49ers All-Pro cornerback Richard Sherman. The Chris Collinsworth podcast featuring Richard Sherman is available now wherever you find your podcast. They will provide the most interesting football conversations in sports every single week, and sometimes that means the discussion will venture off the field too. Additionally, Chris will be taking a dive into the game of football as he sees it, inviting in the best and brightest to talk about everything that is happening in the great game of football. Mark your calendars. You do not want to miss the best 60 minutes of insight this season. And now back to the podcast. Yeah. Urban stepping back. still going to be, you know, working harder than 99% of the coaches out there just can't quite turn that off. But no, it is good to see, you know, him making these legit hires. I mean, sometimes you see these coaches come up and try to, you know, run the offense in addition the whole team can just be problematic. So I know people are doing their jokes out there about Brian Schottenheimer and the Seahawks and that (laughs) run first mentality, but truly Schottenheimer and even more so Darrell Blavelle. I mean, they have helped engineer, some great downfield passing attacks. Now was that them or is that Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford remains Mm -hmm. to be seen, but you know, having guys, that at least have experience stretching the field, adding someone like Trevor Lawrence. Excited to see it. So, I want to talk more about these specific players because LaVisca Chenault, a player that I, you know, really adore. I have a soft spot for these wide receiver running back hybrids. People complain about them not knowing a position. Since when is being too versatile a problem in today's? Right. Well, obviously, Urban has plenty of experience with guys like this Percy Harvin, Curtis Samuel. So, how confident do you think the Jaguars are in Chenault moving forward? Because, again, I, I love the guy. I'm, you know, I'm sure you and a lot of other Jaguars fans do as well, but there's just always that. <laughs> question when we're switching regimes and switching coaching staffs do you still see him being a major part of the offense in 2021
1: absolutely and i'm not sure you mentioned that knock of being too versatile i i don't know why that exists because right. it's not like just because lavisca chanel at times took shotgun passes or lined up at running back doesn't mean he wasn't a productive wide receiver it's okay. not like as soon as he switched positions all of a sudden he forgot how to play wide receiver that doesn't exist <laughs> so yes to answer your question i i absolutely see him being a huge part of the Jaguars offense. And for someone like Urban Meyer to come in and see this tool that he can use to his advantage in all kinds of different ways, What coach wouldn't want that, especially if you get a quarterback that can maybe give LaVisca some consistent quarterback play. I would love to see these receivers kind of reach their full potential because we saw glimpses of it, but then you have that, "Eh, you know, the quarterback play was so inconsistent. I really don't know how you can play. So Loveeskish had an incredible rookie year but I think the ceiling is much higher than what we saw and I'd love to see what happens now if, if we get some quarterback play that he can count on
0: yeah and I, I love what you said about you know it's not like because he was playing running back he couldn't play a wide receiver like his routes look fantastic it wasn't like you know okay i love cordero patterson i don't want to say anything too bad about the guy but like he's an example of someone where maybe they can't run your usual route tree and because of that you got to find other ways to get them the ball lavisca looked like a legit wide receiver one that could also be a running back so yeah what is wrong with that that takes me to the next guy though who's dj chark and you know i said Lavisca could be a legit wide receiver one, but I don't know. I feel like Chark looks like maybe the more prototypical alpha wide receiver one with that speed, with that size. You know, it was rough for him. You said before, five quarterback changes in one season. I know Chark said, uh, I think after one of those Minshew games where he, he, was, God, he was playing with a busted thumb, but pretty much saying, you know, we were open, couldn't get the ball. He'll be an unrestricted free agent in 2021. Are the Jaguars comfortable enough with Chark that, you know, a long-term extension could be in the fold sooner rather than later, or do you think he needs to put forward a really good year to kind of earned his spot in the long-term future?
1: I do think, I think if you would have asked me this question a year ago, this past off season, I would have said absolutely 100%. That's when DJ Chark was in the pro bowl. And I mean, every single game was making a huge impact. And and last year it made you kind of question that, you know, I mean, his production and he was dealing with injuries. And now you wonder, is it worth the long-term contract? In my opinion, I think it is. I think he is your true number one wide receiver. And and that's great that you have guys that are kind of pushing him and are getting close to that number one spot. But the number one spot is DJ Chark. And if you don't want to pay him, I think you got to go get a bunch of guys in free agency. But I don't see the need for that. For example, is T.Y. Hilton that much better than DJ Chark? I don't think so. And DJ Chark has been here and has a great rapport with the rest of these wide receivers. I think he is worthy of a contract. And I'm very curious to see how this shakes out. We've, we've been saying that number one is figure out left tackle Cam Robinson. And then number 1.2 is figuring out what you're doing with DJ Chark. I think with urban Meyer coming in here and Trent Baalke coming in here and you have all this cap space over $73 million. You want to set the tone right now. There's this MO of the Jacksonville Jaguars that they don't pay their, pay their players, that it's not a great place to play. Free agents don't want to come to Jacksonville. If I'm Urban Meyer, I want to set the tone right now that this is a great place to play. I take care of my players. DJ Chark has shown me what he can do. I want to pay him. I want to set the tone with DJ Chark and that's my first opportunity to do so.
0: Yeah, and you said they have all the room in order to do so with the cap. Fifth fewest, $20, $21 to vote to the defense and the second fewest to vote to their offense. 11 draft picks, including six in the top 100. Again, we know Trevor Lawrence is going one. There's holes kind of all over the place. I I hear you with Urban wanting to try to make Jacksonville, you know, a place players want to go play. I guess more so like, you know, and it's kind of a broad question, but Urban, he's always been an offensive guy, but you look at this team, I think it's pretty clear. Maybe the defense needs a little bit more help. Do you see more of a focus on offense or defense or is it just a situation where to your point hey uh, what was it speed and fearless or fast and fearless you we just gotta get better athletes everywhere
1: (laughs) yes I think uh like Trent Baalke said best player available in a year like this you can't really go wrong with that because kind of how this draft is going to play out is when a player comes that's best player available it's most likely going to be a position you need because you need so much which is a great (laughs) thing at this moment um except it's like a, a linebacker like you mentioned, maybe something out of the blue like that. Um, I do think, and this is my bold takes so I won't tease it too much, but <laughs> I will say that I think even though the defense does need so much help, we've been told we were just at the senior bowl and we were, they were telling us how this draft is so offensive heavy. There's a ton of talent at wide receiver and offensive line. I foresee them building up more so that way. And, um, I think when you have the investment of a number one overall pick at quarterback, you better build that offensive line around him. We saw that with Joe Burrow and you saw what happened in Cincinnati and they really didn't address that offensive line much. And you hate that for them because that is such an investment for that franchise. If you're going to go get that guy, number one, overall, you got to protect him. I mean, that's never a bad combo when you take a quarterback and then you take some linemen to help him out. Um, I'm not saying that this offensive line needs to completely reshape, but there's definitely some pieces there that you can create some competition and, and get the best out of everyone.
0: So uh, you said before that cam Robinson is priority. Number one, do you see him being back with the team in 2021 and beyond?
1: I see him most likely being franchise tagged. I think it really depends on the conversations between cam Robinson's camp and the Jaguars. If he comes in and wants $20 million, maybe that's a different conversation, but if he comes in with a number that the Jaguars think, um, I think with left tackle, it's interesting because if you're an above average left tackle, you normally, that second contract you normally get paid and cam Robinson is an above average left tackle is there anyone out there that want to go, go get that's better than cam Robinson likely not <laughs> so I think it all depends on a, I think it depends how much money his camp wants but I think the safe bet would be franchise tag him create some competition in camp and, and see what happens Buy yourself a year and give them another year to see how it works.
0: Yeah. Ex-Washington uh, current 49ers left tackle Trent Williams, basically uh, he's about to be a free agent, but he said, you know, we've never really seen a franchise left tackle hit the open market. And he said, he's kind of curious to see what that is. Certainly wouldn't blame Robinson for trying to go find the highest bidder. If there is one out there, last question before we get to your bold offseason call. So again, this is a fantasy focused podcast and James Robinson won so many people, their fantasy <laughs> championship last year and last year, a lot of it was balling before he got hurt. Only Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry had more touches. But the guy was anyone's idea of a good to great running back in terms of any efficiency metric you want to pull up as well. Again, though, same kind of thing with LaVisca. New regime, new scheme. We have some unanswered questions with how he's going to be used. What? Like, how confident are you that James Robinson will still be the undisputed RB1 come week one, 2021?
1: Extremely confident to the point where I don't know if you addressed the second running back spot till very late in the draft. James Robinson was the most incredible surprise that came with 2020. And it was that bright spot that everyone needed when they thought of the Jaguars. I will never forget when we were on air um, on our morning show, Jags drive time. And we got the email that they released Leonard Fournette, And we were thinking, what is going on? At that point, we had only (laughs) seen maybe, four or five practices and with pads not being on in last training camp, you really couldn't see what James Robinson, his potential. I mean, we saw him and we thought, you know what? This guy's going to make the team. He's pretty good. And then when they said, you know what? He won this job and flat out beat Leonard Fournette to get the number one running back spots, A guy like that, an undrafted guy that we had never heard of to do that. You saw his potential and then he reached it. So I think uh, the biggest thing with James Robinson has been how consistent he has been every single game. That is something a coaching staff can rely on. Coach Urban Meyer, I think, will see the potential of James Robinson. I think maybe give him some more weapons, give him an explosive running back, give him a third down back. But yes, James Robinson will be the number one back for the Jaguars. I am confident in that next year.
0: Great to hear. He'll certainly be uh, you know, RB one fancy land. Then again, with that sort of role. And yeah, I mean, you know, I get it. You're not going to have one running back, take hundred percent of the snaps, but mm-hmm. to see him, you know, and I, like we saw his early down ability early on, but I mean, Jay Gruden, like that dude's had a love affair with Chris Thompson over the years. And the fact that <laughs> Robinson was good enough to actually get some pass down work too really shows you how he's not only consistent every single game, but truly every single down as well. Ashland, fantastic stuff. Thank you again for coming on now. Please give us an offer. Awesome. You know, awesome. We'll see off-season ball
1: call. My off-season bowl call. I don't even know if that's this bold, but the Jaguars have five draft picks in the first three rounds. I predict because of how heavy the offensive draft is, the Jaguars will use three or more of those picks on offense. You saw last year, the two first rounders were CJ Henderson, Caleb on chase on, on defense. I think this year, They flip it when coach Urban Meyer said, I want this team to be fast and fearless. I'm thinking you got to go get some weapons. Then I think the Jaguars go heavy on offense. At the beginning of
0: the draft, I now, let's lo- hope I'm right. <laughs> I love it. They need help everywhere, but come on, yeah. Urban is an offensive guy in his core. I think when he sees a shiny new offensive piece versus a defensive guy, give the nod to the O. I love it. Great stuff, Ashland. Everyone, remember follow Twitter on or follow Ashland on Twitter <laughs> at Ashland R Sullivan. What do you got in the uh, pipeline coming up in the offseason? You said you were at the Senior Bowl before. Uh, mm-hmm. What's coming up next?
1: We are kind of waiting and seeing right now. We're waiting for this coaching staff to be finalized, but a lot of cool stuff coming soon in jaguars.com. We're getting a, a whole new look on things. So I'm pretty excited about that. We have uh, pro days coming up and the NFL draft, of course, going to be there. So we'll see what happens, but I think stick with us on jaguars.com because exciting things are coming
0: absolutely jaguars.com again at ashlyn r sullivan on twitter jacksonville jaguars maybe maybe the roster doesn't look great right now but as we said all those draft picks all that cap space could be a fun 2021 and beyond for jaguars fans so she's ashlyn i mean this has been the fantasy pff fantasy football podcast and until next time take care everybody